0: i don't know what stacked marketer is it was in but it was in one and i I put it in here as one of my cold opens i thought it was super relevant to what we're talking about in this episode (laughs) but there was actually a stacked marketer segment where it talked about I think like the headline was when do you hire and like, like going from like solo person to an agency, like when, when is it the right time to hire and how would you do you, how do you determine like that? And when I was reading it, I was like, this is perfect. This is literally what we do and the reason why we do it. And it doesn't just go for internal team members, but also actual contractors as well. I've said this all before. Fortunately, because I didn't actually save the Stacked Marketer article and when this was. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I did like write down what they said. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which seems stupid because like it would have been faster if I just linked the article. <laughs> but okay, so step one was try doing the task yourself first. And this is like what I hit on all the time. Everybody says that they want to hire like someone to run Facebook ads for them when they're starting a Facebook ads agency, which is the dumbest thing in the entire world, because for I, I've always said this, like if you want to run Facebook ads as an agency and you don't have any clients, then you do the Facebook ads. Meta has free Facebook ad certification. I don't know if the, I don't know if the certifications free, but the actual courses are free.
1: It's also just weird, man. Like nobody's out here like, all right, I'm going to go start a doctor business, but I'm not a doctor. You know, like. Just, well, people with know. money are, but... Like, okay, okay, yeah. No, I don't think many people are starting agencies that are super flush with cash. Yeah.
0: It, it's also weird for me to, like, like, if you're a college kid and you're like, I'm going like to mow lawns for college money. Or not even a college kid, like a high school kid. Hmm. But then you're like, I'm not going to be the one mowing the lawns,
1: though. Like, come on. Like, this is... This is the whole thing is a weird, weird... Vibe. So... But anyway... So
0: anyways, um, but they had better logic than i usually have for explaining this because usually when i say you should learn how to do it first and people say why i just say because it's dumb to do it the other way or like because name an agency that has over a million in revenue or mrgp that outsources their core service and you can't there isn't one i mean there's charlatans out there who pretend like they do Ooh, uh, fine word charlatan yeah. But show me the P&Ls. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. But so here's they go on to say. Number two is document the task step by step as best as you can. And I like that they put as best as you can because even going through our own documentation, it changes all the time. So, however you want to set it up, do it as best the way that you want to set it up. Because there's two things. One, it it can you can use that to help the other person learn and and reference for when they're doing it. And two, if you're documenting what you're doing, you can reference it and you can just be that much more knowledgeable in that. And you do this all the time, Cody, like you, you don't know how to set up an agency MCC right now because that's so long ago. And when was the last time you actually needed to do that? Yep. So, but if you would have, but there are certain situations where you do things like one time and then you record it. And one of those things is like setting up new products in Stripe. Well, mm-hmm. Very rarely do we set up new products in Stripe because we're a productized service and we have to go through like six months of R&D just to do that. And mm-hmm. um, so document as best as you can. Three is develop basic questions for applicants based on what you know about the work. And it kind of leads into the next one, which is begin the hiring process, your experience, your documentation, and your questions. So it. it I remember this like... I don't remember anything about it except for this part. And it was when you know the process, you're able to ask questions to applicants that are related to the process. So if you're, if we're an agency and we don't do any dev work, which is true, we don't, I know some like basic level CSS and HTML. I know a lot of HTML, but basic CSS and some very basic SQL. I know certain questions to ask developers if we were to hire them but like internally until then I'm gonna probably going to contract them out just for like one-off jobs and just be like I just need this to work the way that it works but if we were going to hire someone internally I would probably want to learn more about the application or the development that we need so if I were to hire a developer and I would say like hey there's often times where we need to um, utilize apis to send information from our client site over to a payment portal or a CRM, Um, you know, what's your preferred method of writing APIs and like, and the, and the answers could be a slew of them. It could be like, I like to use JavaScript or I typically use Python. Um, totally fine. But those are answers that you're not going to get if you don't have some basic level of familiarity with it. Now that's kind of an extreme example, but there's other things like, you know, when you're on Facebook ads and you could say like, Hey, when you do AB testing, do you, um, do you typically like to test creative within an ad set or do you like to separate the ad sets and let Facebook do a B testing that way? And um, just hearing some of those lets you hire better and just make better decisions. So I really liked that stack marker to cover that because we try to talk, talk about it all the time, but I feel like it falls on deaf ears because instead of giving like valid reasons, we just say it's stupid to do it that way. Don't do it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh... I don't know. There's there's two schools of thoughts of thought here where you have the I have to hire for something that I don't know. And I think I we haven't gotten too deep into that realm. No, I can't even say that. Like we outsource our accounting. There's there's a lot that we do outsource, but not really related. It's like you said the core service offering. Um anything related to the core service, we're always gonna have very acceptable grasp on it, right? We might have people on the team that know more in detail, um, but if it is pertaining to the core service, then probably one of us is going to be um, pretty well versed in the details of it. Um, and, and just because, again, if it's completely in a different world, um, it's kind of weird and hard to to do that. And I don't know why you would want to do it. So
0: <laughs> I was unmuted, man. Ugh, I missed it. I said, that's what she said. Right after you said, it's kind of weird and hard. Uh, and I'm like, I just, I totally, I missed it because I was on mute.
1: Well, people still got it. They just got it late. <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, <happen>. good,
0: good. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to tell people like, hey, skip the cold open at like seven minutes. I'm just We're just going to roll right into it because that was like super relevant to what we're actually talking about. And I think that set the stage. So we we got uh for some reason uh, lately like the last week or so we've been getting like a lot of listener feedback through various yeah. platforms whether it's through like direct email or through the uh, the the website commenting on it or commenting on the individual episodes or actually like filling out our form on the everrose podcast website um, we get we do this all the time where we're like hey don't fill out the evergood marketing form and then like a listener did it with like a really extensive question and i was like man like what? Thanks. Why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's just by chance that we're actually answering that question on the air. <laughs> but uh we've also been being reached out to on like Reddit and LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. And even like I got a Twitter uh reach out. So I, I don't know what's been going on this last week. I mean, I'm here for it, but I have not been active promoting the podcast or even like engaging with the community at all the last like two weeks. So um I'm I'm here for it. I don't know what happened, but um we're we're here. Um anyways, getting into the question today, uh I think it'd be is it just better if we just read it? Um mm, or no, some of too much par- detail, yeah. Okay, I we'll, think- we'll 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 paraphrase it. So basically a listener wrote in and had some concerns or, or just asked us about how we handle employees and contractors with, with poor behavior. So the title of this is is related to contractors, but this also applies to employees as well. And what he was struggling with was it contractors, employees, team members, I don't know. But they were struggling to grasp simple concepts like clocking their time. And there were certain situations where they weren't even getting paid because they weren't clocking their time. They weren't using ClickUp. He tried to He like warned them. He had talks with them. He would even showed them videos upon hiring of like how to use the time management system and you know for anybody that's ever worked part-time in the u.s there is always a clock in and a clock out feature to in order to track time but for some reason these contractors employees team members they just weren't grasping it and they weren't tracking it and to the point where they were getting paychecks that that wouldn't even fill up a gas tank because they weren't tracking their time ultimately they would just quit and really they're quitting on you know in my opinion that's their own fault but um the ultimate question at the end came down to you know, how do you deal with employees or prevent them from having these issues like that and if the, if they do have these issues how do you get how do you correct that behavior and cody and i both responded i, I responded incredibly verbose as i always do and and there was one underlying sentiment that we both had And it was, it starts at the hiring process
1: Uh
0: and, you know, at the end of the day, hire adults. And yeah, I don't know. I think think the main thing was like, don't, like you can't hire, you can't, you can hire based off of skill, but you can't really, you can't, or you can teach people to have skills. You can teach people things, but you can't really teach them to be an adult or be responsible. They either are or they aren't. And that's what we focus on, which is why we don't really have a problem with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't say we we don't have a problem with it now. There was a time when we had problems with this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, And it took us a while to grow to a position in many ways where this became much less of a problem. Um, But I I think it it does, it starts, and I would say it almost ends with hiring Um, because there are some things that you can do Uh, and I'm not going to say something, you can do a lot. There's a lot that you can do to nurture people, to um, groom them. I know that's not a great word, but that is the correct word here. Like you groom people for success. And I I think that's what you have to do with, um, especially in our case where we have nothing but young people who are very talented and skilled, but do not yet have professional experience. So we end up teaching a lot of very strange one-off things that, you've forgotten about as you became a professional of like, how do you send an inappropriate email? Right. Or what, what can I say here? What can't I say here? Um, There's
0: one, there's an email, one of the minions that were like, you know, they referenced someone as Chris, but he goes by Christian. And so, and like, even in his signature, it said Christian. I just responded back internally. And I was like, does he go by Chris? Mm -hmm. And and basically I wasn't saying I, I, I was implying like, Hey, you screwed up here Mm -hmm. and those are like the one of one of those like weird things where it's like it's a behavior thing but it's also kind of just like a world experience
1: thing yeah and and those things like nobody's getting thrown under the bus with that that's not a a majorly critical um you know nobody's nothing's blowing up the agency that's not an emergency um i i do think uh i mean it depends on your agency but time cards and time tracking and that sort of thing can be um, but yeah, I, I think what I, when you brought this up, I started writing down notes of what I thought would be helpful for the people who are in these situations. And the, the reality is that it just comes back to hiring the right people. Um, and then I wrote down notes on how we've gotten to a better place with that, because that was not fun getting to a place where we were able to hire the right people or find the right people. It's very hard with remote work because you have the entire world potentially, and you have, to get the right, you have to get in front of the right applicants for the situation, and good people are hiding behind, period, anywhere. Um, now you open the floodgates, and how are you going to sift down and filter down to that? Because let's say, let's say you're afraid of going through a lot of applications. Well, that's going to be really hard then because you're realistically going to go through hundreds of applications. If, you have, if you're open to the whole world, you're going to get applications from everywhere, and you have to figure out a way to sift through them in a sort of time-efficient way, except that it's going to take a lot of time because it will. But, um, you know, figure out the ways that are going to be the most time-efficient. Um, and even before all that, though, I wrote down, and it's just been true for us, uh, as much as you can, referrals are going to be number one, always, right? I mean, if we get... If any of the minions gives us a referral, we're going to give that attention um, because the minions are great, right? I guess... The- I guess maybe there's a there's a um, a chicken and egg situation here where if you don't have good minions, then you don't want to listen to their referrals because you, you're you looking for the good ones so you can get more good ones. I think the assumption
0: is that like if you started at the hiring process and you started off good, then just by default, people related to the good people you hired are mm-hmm. going to be not related like, you know, familiarly, but like friends or whatever, then... Yeah, then that thought process is they're good. But if you if you suck the hiring, then like maybe referrals, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe those maybe that's not your bag, man.
1: Yeah, well, assuming that yeah, assuming that they're good, then you're not going to no good team member, really good is is like in their heart referring people for the sake of a referral bonus or something, knowing that they're going to suck because that's going to come back to bite them at, jo- at the job anyway, right? They have to work with them then, and if they're not good, who wants to work with that? So. Okay um i 'd say that i 'd say that um referrals are, are number one in, you know assuming you 've got good minions, good team members that uh, give them that attention. Um, do we have to explain that I say minions or will we talked about it enough i 'm always i 'm worried about if we get a complete new listener they're like why is he saying minions but <laughs> we call our minions minions and I think they like it. it they want it yeah, well, <laughs> well <laughs> I don't, we haven 't asked Laura and Angie well. We did. We did. did. We? Yeah. This was the whole thing. Oh, was it was cool. only, we had it in a chat and then I, I brought it up to him. I'm like, Hey guys, look, okay. I know. I know we've talked about minions and it, it, it's not necessarily the best look. We can be other things. We don't have to be minions. And they're like, no, we like the minions. Like, I thought oh, this yeah. was, I thought this was just like Lisa and Eva. No, no. I, I made sure to do it a second time. Once the team dynamic changed a bit. And I was like, maybe we're not minions anymore and that's okay they're like, no, we're minions. We want to be the minions. Well,
0: it was funny. When, it was funny when uh, we hired Laura because it was it was Eva and Lisette was still there at the point. And then Angie. And, like, I shared that image. <laughs> it was, like, it had four minions on it. And they, and they all had names above each other. So it had, like, Eva and Angie were next to each other staring at the camera. And then... There was a shadow minion right next to them that was just like <laughs> it's just like a grayscale one, and then they had another minion that was walking away but like waving goodbye, and like that was Lisa. And i was and like, Cody was just like, some
1: work went into this, some <laughs> <That's laughs> real effort. Yeah, it was wholesome. Right, anyway, um, so we've explained minions again. Probably always <laughs> to do that every time. Um, here's something that actually made a big difference for us. And it's that, um, for example, indeed, indeed is probably the single biggest job board out there at this point. Um, you do also have, I mean, you've got the niche ones, you have the, um, the flex jobs, the dynamite jobs, the ones that are, are you know, focused in remote work. And I'm not going to say those are bad places, but, um, it really doesn't matter where we put it. What I do in the description every time though, is give instructions in the full job description that tell them to apply directly. And then anybody who doesn't read the full description for the job and, and reads that part, if they don't do that, we don't entertain the application, right? If people are just quick, clicking quick apply on Indeed, we're not even looking at that. The job post didn't say that. It didn't say that's how you applied. You applied through the website. So um,
0: every now and then I'll do like spot checks on uh, resumes and, and, and stuff through Indeed because sometimes it could be like like Cody said, Earlier, did you say in this episode or did I dream it? Where you said, where you said, like, uh, what was it last episode? I can't remember. You said, like, uh, every, um, like every good resume gets one mistake, every bad resume, even if it has one mistake, it's out. Oh,
1: I think we were talking about before this, but yeah, no, I said, um, oh, if in the, in the prep work before this, yeah, if if they have an outstanding resume with one mistake. That's okay. Like, we're, people are human. People make mistakes. We'll entertain that. Um, if they have a okay resume with a mistake, they're out because it was already an okay resume to begin with. Right? Yeah. So, like, if they have a flawless resume, but it's submitted it through, link, through uh, Indeed,
0: uh, okay, maybe we'll give you an interview. You better, you better knock the interview out of the park.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not going to say we completely ignore them. We do do spot checks. We're just not, like, you know, it, because with Indeed, we're literally getting an application a minute. Right? So... <laughs> Um, it, mm. it's truly a one glance over and then if something catches our attention, we'll look deeper into it. But, um, yeah, they, they do have to be outstanding in other regards to get you, that.
0: When our first position, you had additional criteria cause you had, it was the position was for a super account manager mm-hmm. and it was the, the acronym for that is Sam. Mm-hmm. Then you had, you know, make sure to apply on the website with your resume and cover letter and the subject line should say, my name is not Sam, but I would like to be the Sam. Unless your name was Sam. Unless your name was (laughs) Sam. And then you had a different set of instructions. You said my name is Sam and I would also like to be the Sam. Yeah. And then if they didn't, if they had the wrong subject line, it was like, Oh, in the trash can't read
1: (laughs) instructions. I'd still look at it, but for (laughs) the most part, I mean, I've, that's that's part of the learning process, too, As I've gotten more. There's like only so much fun that you can do when you're a fun company before it, it can be perceived as unprofessional. So um, that's why I really transitioned over to this one of make sure that people read the full job description, because if they don't, I just saw this on Reddit um, the other day. It was um, I can't remember what I think it was. <laughs> it was two actors that had written the script for a movie and they submitted it to different um Studios and they they included a um like uh I don't even want to say it they included a scene that shouldn't have been in there that was not like the rest of the script <laughs> and uh <laughs> what was the scene I'm not, I I'm know. Not, I'm not no, what I'm not but <laughs> somebody, somebody will somebody' comment and they'll, they'll say um but a lot of people didn't read it, but then I think it was um harvey Weinstein right oh, Weinstein. the one guy he he read it. And actually said, I like the script for everything except for this one part. And he was the only guy who actually read the entire script. And that's how they knew. That's unfortunate. It's
0: unfortunate that that guy caught it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like, you know, everybody failing your morality check except Hitler. You know, <laughs> that's like, that's, that's like, that's like doing like a random morality check and be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, people will catch on this and everybody approves it. And Hitler's like, hmm, this is bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, once we switched over to that, I, um, I really started to help things out a lot. So we were able to filter through resumes a lot more easily and more cleanly. Um, then those other things that you, already, you just said you brought up, um, I'd written those down too. The look, if people have outstanding resumes and they make one well mistake, that's fine. Um, if they're mediocre resumes with one mistake, uh, they're out. Um, and the, the problem, their ultimate reality is that, when people are applying for jobs, they're at their best selves, or they should be, and you should assume that. So whatever mistakes and issues that they're having with the application process, you should expect it to be worse after they get the job. So mm-hmm. if there are bad things <laughs> with their application, it's going to be worse, most likely, once they're actually working for you. So you should be very stringent, very uh, strict with the application part. Um and we we try to balance drawing out – we don't draw out the interview process for the sake of drawing it out, but we, we do a two-step interview usually um, just for time efficiency and to also give other people time to get acclimated to us. So I think Jake has said before we do like a vibe check, which really it's like 15 minutes to half an hour sometimes max, and it's just making sure, do you have a pulse? Do you have a computer? Um can you speak the language we need you to speak? Very simple things like that, um, where we really it's just checking the boxes. Well, it's, a, it's then, a two
0: it's a two road vibe check too. Yeah, because like I might show up to the interview like this, you know, mm-hmm. like and is that is that okay with you? Are you as an applicant, are you okay with a laid back environment like this, or do you want something more professional? And you know, if you haven't done a lot of hiring. You might think that, well, why wouldn't anybody want to lay back environment? And like, this is seriously a criteria for some people. Some people like want to, they feel like that professional environment is going to help their professional career. And maybe they do need that. So sometimes like, or maybe they know they need structure and like, we're not here to give you structure. We're here mm-hmm. to give you a process and you have to bring your own structure.
1: Yep. Yeah. So then in the second one, assuming that we're both in good places we go into more detail and, and that's where we will really have a, start having the honest, honest and transparent conversations of here's how we operate and the things that we believe and work with. And like Jake said, one of the, it comes up every single time. We say it all the time, even now, but especially during the interview process, as we say we hire adults. Um, and really it comes down to our management styles. We, we don't, now, I'll just say it for myself because it's easier to, to not put words in Jake's mouth in case he wants to fight me. Um, I do not, we, okay, we both, we both don't breathe down necks and micromanage, but I especially, uh, just speaking for myself, do not crack down on people ever. It's not my style. And if as a, I'm not saying you're not. You're like, do I do that? No, no,
0: no. I, I, I know you're not directing any of this at me because when you're like, I do not crack down on people. I'm like, Cody, you're the only person in this company that cracks down on people. <laughs> and it's so like, when you say that, I'm like, you liar. You, you don't micromanage, but you do crack down. Okay, what's crack down mean? Let's, let's crack, crack down. Crack down is like, in my head, that's like coming down on somebody for screwing up. okay, Or repeatedly that. screwing up. I, am that's you. That's all you. That. Yeah. I'm the, I'm, I am a Machiavellian at heart and I, <laughs> my nature is if I'm mad, uh, I'm, I have to maintain the good cop look and I'd be like, I'm pissed. Cody handle this. Mm. <laughs> no, it's only, only because I think Cody is better at this thing. I'm like, I have, I think I have too big of a heart. And I think Cody said that too. Like I'm a giver. And so no. when, I have to, when I have to take away, it like, it just kind of messes with me emotionally, and that's a fault on my own. I, I don't like being the bad guy, but every now and then it's kind of like I don't really have another option. And when I – we, we've said this before. Like when Cody's upset, like, yeah, you broke a rule. You screwed up.
1: When I'm upset, there's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need givers. You need givers. Everybody needs a giver in their life that's important. Um, it's important to have both sides of that in an agency where you have somebody who, especially, I, I think, especially in the sales process, right. Um, if if I was involved in sales, I would just say no to everything all the time and we would never have clients, <laughs> but Jake is much more willing to, and they're, they're totally reasonable. When he comes back to me, he's like, yeah, I said that we'd be willing to do this. I know it's not going to be a great time, but it was a sticking point for them. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that's a reasonable concession, right? Lauren,
0: Lauren and I joke sometimes. We're like, we're like, because I'm, so I'm going to Jamaica in a couple of days. I'll be there um, for like a week, and Cody has to. Uh, he's got to. Um, you're you're the client guy now. Like when client, if clients have something they need, they got to talk to you. And then, so Lauren's like, what's he going to do about like sales inquiries? I'm like, well, typically what he does when I'm on vacation, he's just he just emails them because we both get the form fill. And he goes, Hey, like our sales guy isn't like on or isn't here this week, but he'll give you a call back whenever you get a chance. I'm like, I don't want Cody talking to these guys because <laughs> like a new prospect calls and they're like, yeah. So I was looking at getting some marketing for the spring. Cody just be like, well, you're too late. So <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> like, wait, you don't want like, you don't want my money. No, don't need it. I'm fine. Yeah. Thanks though. <laughs> <So> like,
1: <laughs> I'm just like over the melting, like, what are you doing?
0: You're crippling us.
1: <laughs> uh, that's the best. It is the better way to handle it at this size too. Is just be like, look, um, you know, Jake's out. He'll be back. He's the guy you want to talk to for this. Um, it's better off if you wait cause you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. But cracking down. I do. I am the guy who does it, um, but I never like. I don't yell, and I'm not the guy who's like. I said this in the email response for the guy who asked about this. I said, I am not the guy who's mad. I'm just disappointed, right? which is which is worse. <laughs> it's like,
0: worse for the right people. Here's the thing: like, like, if you had a dad that loved you, <laughs> and and you loved him back. Uh, and he said, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That is soul crushing. Uh-huh. A dad that's mad at you, that's like, okay, whatever. Like, you'll get over it. Uh-huh. But one who's disappointed in you, like, you're like, how do I make it right? Yep. <laughs> Tell me, dad. But <laughs> 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 you're like, like if your dad was like, I'm disappointed in you, you'd just be like, great.
1: I'm feeling, feeling mutual. <laughs> So I've learned two things that work well for me with this, with this strategy, knowing that because I I tell people we do three strikes for the things that matter. Right. We have the one, the first talk and we have the second talk. And if we have to have a second talk, then I, I make sure to say these exact words, which are if this happens again, you're fired. Right. I don't like saying it, but you have to be explicit about it and make sure that they know. So but leading up to that, the first talk is what I much prefer to have because it's never fun to say if this happens again, you're fired. And that's that I'll do two tactics that I really like. One is is sharing your perception is what I call it. And I learned it from an old boss of mine too, which is you, you don't just immediately say, Hey, you messed up. And this is how and why you say, Hey, this is my perception of what's happening here. And I want to give you every opportunity to tell me that it's wrong or incorrect or that what I'm perceiving is not the way that it actually is. Right. So I'm perceiving that, You're not tracking your time as we need it to be tracked because we're not seeing things get done. So my perception is that the work just isn't getting done at all. Right. And I could be wrong. Maybe you're doing the work and maybe you're just not tracking the time. And and we're seeing that. So tell me what's actually going on here because this is the perception that I'm having.
0: Dude, I had no idea. This is
1: is like gold. Like I didn't even know you did this. I, how did you learn this? (laughs) Um, Mark told me once that that's how he did it, and he said it's a. I think how did he learn Midwest. it? Midwest? I don't know. I could ask him. It's a very Midwest to thing, though. I think because yeah. it's in the Midwest, you don't want to be confrontational ever. Really, for the most part, it's not a good like. Yeah, but I've this had, is like
0: this is not like avoiding confrontation. This is like being a ninja, this is like being a, like an <laughs> emotional ninja of like because you're 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 avoiding confrontation, but at the same time, like finding out information mm. and expressing your frustration.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're giving the the opportunity without being aggressive to, to be corrected. That way you don't have to release all those feelings of like, look, I, I could totally be wrong here and I want to be, and this is just what I'm, I'm seeing. And I know I don't have the full story. So give me the rest of it. So I know what's going on. And then I can, I can form a better and more accurate opinion on the situation because it, Once I started thinking about things this way, too, I was able to step back and just not get as angry because I'm like, okay, I know I'm only forming things on part of the story and I I don't know the rest of what's going on. And unless I ask in a way that makes it safe for them to say, they're just going to get guarded, too. This is like this is like the Russell Brunson story from the last episode.
0: (laughs) this is literally the same or the Michael Jackson allegory I gave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go into any further detail. You just got to listen to the cold opens.
1: (laughs) So that's one. Um, It's helped me out a lot, but I I think that this is one I, I, as far as getting the, the minion to understand our, our position and perspective, our our position that we're in um, is to flip the situation because I really, I've said before, I don't like, I don't like being a boss. I didn't want to be a boss. This, I, I find no joy in this. It was just the only way that I could live the life that I wanted. So I go in there and I say, "Give me a name. Give me somebody's name. I'm mean, This is the new minion that we have.
0: Like, uh, um, sh-man-gy. Sh-man-gy. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I <laughs> I hope you
1: listen to this and well, think that
0: like I have anything.
1: <laughs> so I say. Shmanji, here's the deal. Um, I want you to pretend that you're me right now, and you're the boss, and I'm Shmanji, and I messed up, and now you have to have a talk with me that you don't want to have because you wish that it just didn't happen. Right? But it's your job and your responsibility to hold people accountable. So they did X. What are you gonna say to them? Right? And then because usually people just get it there. Once you flip the script and you say, pretend you're the boss and you have to have the talk, mm-hmm. then you don't have to have the talk anymore because they already know what it is that they need to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I, I just tell them this is the worst part of my job. <laughs> right. Um, correcting people, telling them, like helping. It's helping them grow and, and be more professional and independent and be accountable and all the things that go with being an adult. Um, which is why we don't have to have them often because we usually handle it in the, in the interview process and, and people are very adult and grown up and able to manage their own desks. Uh, but everybody slips, me included, both of us, right? We we have our own trip ups and we do need to help people tell us even, you know, politely gentle nudges of here's how to correct this. And that's how I handle the situation is just to flip it. Hey, pretend you're the boss. Do you know what my favorite slip up you had was? What's that? Is the most ironic
0: one, and I'll never forget it. But after we got on Eva's case for missing like two or three meetings in a week, or mm-hmm. like in a row, like after we had a talk, oh, you, I missed you, one. You, you missed the next one. You yeah. missed the very
1: next one, and I was like, "What the hell, man?" I had to tell her too. I, <laughs>
0: yeah. I wish I wish she would have scheduled a meeting with you, and she was like, "Cody, <laughs> I'm an employee," and. Yeah. What would you do in my position if
1: my boss did this? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the time too where I was like, hey, Eva, we got to talk and I have to apologize to you because I'm. that's the other thing is I, I'm not one of those. I'm not really a boss who likes to believe that they're exception just because they're the boss, um, right? If you're going to have expectations of other people, you should have those same expectations of yourself, if not higher ones for yourself. Um, so when you do those things, you have to handle those appropriately. And I, I did. I was like, hey, we got to talk and I got to apologize to you because I'm not... I'm not the exception just because I am in charge, right? Um, It's just as rude and if not worse for me to do that sort of thing to you. And so I think, and one thing to make clear too, is like
0: these stipulations and these discussions don't have to last forever. Like you say, if if this happens again, you know, you're fired. Like, okay. If it happens again in an understandable amount of time, but like, if enough time passes, I feel like people's slates should be wiped clean. If, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, not clean, but like, you know, you're not like at that same stage. And I think we've had team members that struggled with this too, because they did something like nine months ago and had like a perfect record. Yeah. And then all of a sudden like slipped again, like it happens. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but the thing is like, what we're trying to prevent is habits. Yeah. And you know, yeah, things can happen. So, uh, that's, uh, ultimately are oh, I wanted to talk about actually when you the first method that you have, which is it's just so mind blowing to me where it's like like this is my perception, mm-hmm. um after that, do you say like do you set the expectations then and say, okay, so moving forward, like can we make this you know x, y z an expectation that this is part of your job?
1: yeah, I mean it just kind of depends on what what I hear back, right. Um, yeah,
0: so I feel like okay, like relating it back to like a listener's question when they're like, you know, we we struggled with like time tracking, like people weren't tracking their time properly, and we've talked about why time tracking is so important. There's it's important for two reasons. One is because if you're paying people hourly, you need to know how much they worked, and two, if you do a productized service or even if you bill by the hour, you need to know how much time is being spent on certain client projects, or else you're not going to know how to bill or price your services correctly. So time tracking is important no matter what you do. And if, like, you have to have this discussion and say, this is my perception. My perception is, like, you're not tracking your time because you don't find it of value. Maybe, like, you don't, like, my perception is, like, maybe, like, you're not tracking your time because you think that, maybe I'm doing this wrong. Maybe I'm not supposed to say, like, you or something, you know, like, in therapy. Whether <laughs> um, or <they're> like... Or- <laughs> People are arguing like, oh, don't say you say, I feel, (laughs) I feel like you're screwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Like my perception is that like, I feel like maybe you don't understand why you have to track your time. And, you know, the reason why we have to do this is because X, Y, Z. And, you know, so so tell me what you, you know, why you aren't tracking your time. And if they give you some kind of valid reason, like, um, or not valid reason, but they give you some excuse as to like, Oh, like I forget, like there's other things you can do, especially with click up. Like you, like you can hit play. You can, you can start and stop the timer. Mm-hmm. If you forget to do it, which I do all the time, you can go back and edit the time in, mm-hmm. which is why I'm not strict about like time because it's like, I just need to know that like minutes and hours are being associated to a job. I don't need to know when those took place. Right. You don't have to actually have them happen right as they're happening. They can go back and
1: and,
0: (laughs) if I needed to know that we would get an actual clock in clock out software where you can't adjust the time. You have to go through a manager because if I, if, if you were having people track time literally for the sake of tracking time, what's stopping them from just going and saying, I worked eight hours on this day and -hmm. that's it. And like, and like doing that on Fridays, nothing, nothing is stopping them. So for me, for us, it's literally just to know that time is being associated to client projects so we can price accordingly and you know you give them options of like hey this is how you do it again like okay you you squash their objections well i always forget to hit the 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 start button on my timer okay well then go back and add in how much you think you worked on that mm-hmm. like it's not that hard and then at the end of it i'm saying okay so this is the expectation like i need you to track your time like i'm not upset but like I'm glad you were able to clarify your side of things. I need to clarify my side of things. You need to track your time. Yeah. And that's when, if it happens again, you go to that second call and you say, we talked about this. If this happens again,
1: you're fired. Right. Yeah. I think it, this is really hard because I I feel like there's two paths you can go down when it comes to hiring people. And there's the one that everybody says, and there's the thing that people often do. And the thing is to always hire smart people and go after people who are smarter than yourself. I agree with that. And I think it's smart. Um, now, when you're starting out, nobody's smarter than you skill wise, because you're the one starting everything, unless you're attempting to do the thing where you outsource skills, you don't know how to do. And you're also making a bigger problem for yourself because when something happens, you can't fix things. Right.
0: Well, I was going to say no one,
1: no one you can afford is smarter than you. <laughs> right. <So laughs> like- like early on, if it's your own cash, you're dealing with that situation of, look, I, I, I say hire smart people. Now, they're not going to be smarter than you when it comes to skills because you can't afford them yet, but you can still hire very talented and bright people. Um, And in those cases, I, this is just our experience. They don't trip up as much with those things. Now I think that there are some people who go and I've just seen it. So this is why I'm saying it. They go on power trips and they don't actually want to hire smart people because they don't want to be challenged inside their company and they don't want to believe that their, their minions are actually smart and bright and capable of doing these things without them. They're just trying to feed their own ego for their own business that they can grow as big as they feel comfortable with without having to rely and trust on these people that are on their team that are very smart and talented and, you know, skilled. Um, Those are two different paths. When you start going down the path of I'm the, I'm the smartest guy in the room. um, You're on a, a slope, a slippery slope to micromanaging and having people who aren't responsible for themselves because, well, you've made it clear you don't trust them, right? I'll I'll say this. If you think that you are, or
0: if you want to maintain the image that you're the smartest guy in the room, read How to Win Friends and Influence People. And there's a quote in there, and I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to like, dude, I'm going to slaughter this like a fresh cow. <laughs> if The the quote goes something like this, like you can, you'll earn a hundred times more friends if you ask questions about other people or you talk about other people versus talking about yourself and boasting about yourself. And just try it. Just like if, if you're this kind of person and you spend a lot of time like talking to people about what you're working on or things you're growing, try to go to a party or an event where you're... Not everybody knows you and don't say a single thing about yourself. All you need to do is ask people. Maybe you're a, sing- a single dude or a single girl and you go and get drinks with somebody you met on Tinder or Hinge or whatever. Try to try to go as long on the date as possible without saying a single thing about you. Unlike, unless they ask. And like, if they say something like, Oh yeah, like I'm from this town and like you happen to be from that really weird small town in Nebraska too. Don't say I'm from there either. Just say, just keep going. And that's probably bad dating advice, honestly, but like (laughs) I, I, I did that a lot. And like for, it was kind of like freeing to just ask questions about and learn more about other people and not really worry about myself and, and care about myself because it ended up getting people to like you way more because they got to talk about themselves and nobody likes doing, you know, anything else other than talking about themselves. And then I met Lauren, uh, on our date and, uh, I couldn't get her to stop asking questions about me. Like, it's like she read that book and was flipping the script. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, try, uh, try that. It's all, it's just, I wanted to say it's so freeing to, to also assume that you're the dumbest person in the room and just being like, I don't know anything because eventually your successes are going to start speaking for themselves and you don't need to, you don't feel like you need to prove anything. Like when I first started Evergrow, I just felt like I had so much to prove because I was, I just, any anytime somebody starts a business this day and age or even an agency at that or an online business or whatever you're always met with like not like direct criticism but I think there's just like a lot of people that just don't think that it's going to really go anywhere so you feel like you have a lot more to prove off off the ground but I think uh, humility goes a long way how did we get on this tangent no, I don't no, think, I was just how did I bring us I here I kind of liked
1: it I liked it so I was just I was here for it yeah I feel like I brought us here and I have a problem with doing that. I mean, um, um, I don't know you <laughs> I didn't stop yet. I kept going. So, it, uh,
0: Well, to answer the listener's question specifically, cause it was about time tracking, how to keep with time track. Um, I went on this whole tangent. I was it wasn't even about like how to hire the right people. It was this whole tangent on like how we deal with time tracking. And you know, the short answer is like, we just don't really care that much, honestly. Like we do care for like the part-timers and the contractors because we pay them by the hour. Like they, they, they have to track their time in order for us to pay them. But in a lot of situations, if like thirteen hour out of fifteen hours is tracked, we'll still pay for fifteen. Let's be like, hey, you know, track fifteen. Or like, there's been situations where like five hours are tracked. Like they did a terrible job time tracking that week. Still pay for fifteen or whatever they're scheduled for. If it becomes a problem, that's when we have that discussion and but if it, if they're only tracking 5 hours a week and all the work is getting done then like it's less of a discussion because i'm still like well the work's getting done but at the same time i feel like there's time not being associated with the projects and that way i can't like are we spent are we spending too much time on things um and but if they're tracking more time that's when it's a problem because now we're legally obligated to pay them and yes. and uh if they're like if eva tracks 17 hours we got to pay 17 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when like you come back and say, you can't, you can't do that unless you let us know
1: ahead of time. So yeah, I wrote down a couple more things because you asked, um, like, how do you handle when people talk back about their perceptions? And I, I don't have a a direct answer because I, I just listen to them. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to say. So I can't have a predetermined response. Um, I think there's a, there's a difference between, um, like you said, if, if it's something as simple as, oh, I just didn't do it, then, then the conversation becomes, well, um, we do that here and I need you to do it here. And this is why. Um, and unfortunately this is one of those things where like, I'm not going to help you because this was made clear at the beginning. So you just got to figure it out. Um, so that's what I'm telling you, you need to do now is figure it out. And I hope we don't have this talk again. Right. That's not a fun talk, but that's one way that it goes. The other is, you know, it's more complicated and we kind of got to figure out a solution that's unique to them. I don't have an example, but, um, you know, if it's something as simple as, yeah, they're like, look, I've been trying really hard, but I just keep forgetting. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what have you done to keep yourself from forgetting? Have you just made something as simple as like a, a calendar reminder that says, hey, enter your time, right? Because uh-huh. if you haven't done that, just go do that. That's That's a pretty straightforward.
0: Thanks. I've got really bad ADD, and I've said this before. I've talked to Marcus about this too, because he he was diagnosed with ADD. Except he's in Scotland, so when you get diagnosed with ADD, you get put on like a ten year wait list to get medication. When the U.S. where it's a good old privatized system, <laughs> you get your medication in two weeks. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's a hot take. You'll be like, Whoa. I was
1: just like, ah, let it go, let it go, let him do it. <laughs> Let's not talk about how it takes nine months to get into the hospital here. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's
0: better than six years in the other countries.
1: <laughs> You're like, how do these guys work together? How do they?
0: <laughs> I had, I had a, a like, one of my best friends in high school was communist. And in high school, I was uh, a registered Republican. Mm. So, like, figure out how that dynamic worked. <laughs> 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 oh, and I was Christian, and she is atheist. So, like... People want to was, believe that you can't do that anymore. Is total polar opposite. Yeah, when we're still friends to this day, um, obviously you not, not close because we don't live next to each other or anything. But um, not registered Republican anymore. <laughs> still a Christian though. Um, okay, so uh, I do this. So I have a list, and every single day I write down like the account that I have to work on. And then the task underneath that. So some accounts like um, this client anointed, they have one task under it. Um, uh, this other client, they have four tasks under them. And then as I work through them, I cross them out. And then like Evergrow, like when we have internal tasks, i write Evergrow as a client. That's an account. And then like, what are the Evergrow tasks? And then my own life, it's called personal. That's an account. So personal account. And then like, what do I have to do? So like this morning when I woke up, the first thing I did was um, finances, like my personal finances, cause I do them on the 10th and 25th of every month. Today's the 10th. So um, I work through that. And then I, cr- there's going to be ones that I don't cross out because I didn't get to them. The next day I rewrite out the ones that weren't crossed out. I don't work from the same list start over. And, and because as soon as you write things down, th- this is a, a training tool. Like if you write down notes, you're like, what is it? Like six times more likely to remember something or I can't remember the number I'm oh, it away yeah. off. That sounds smart, <laughs> but, uh, rewrite it down. Yeah. You're going to go through a lot of paper. This notebook is a dollar. <laughs> so like, I mean, you, you can, you can, get, it's this one that you get at Walmart. It's a little, Ah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, they're a dollar. So, just I just go through paper like crazy and I just rewrite my tasks. And, like, this is borderline. I guess, like, some people are saying this is borderline OCD. I have to do this. I'm going to forget. I have the worst memory in the world. I will botch movie quotes from movies I watched 30 minutes ago. And, like, Cody will remember things from books he read 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know how people do that. But um, I've read somewhere that people who have, like, a very forgetful memory are also, like, tend to be highly intelligent. And I don't know if that's true, but it makes me feel better. (laughs) It helps me sleep at
1: night. (laughs) I had had one more, and that was it. We can call it good. And it was just, um, when it comes to hiring good people and retaining them, helping them grow, et cetera, et cetera, I think it's important to remember that your first team members, your first minions are different. And... Um, You don't get to just treat them like, I don't know, somebody on the outside that you just ship stuff off to and, uh, you know, grill them when they don't get it done. You genuinely have to care about their lives and you should, because they have such a major impact on your business. Um, When you're tiny, there's no hiding. There's no not doing things like everything that everybody does is important and everything is important and, and it's valuable and it should be respected. Um And I think that that, also means that you need to respect those people on your team and appreciate them and genuinely care about them as opposed to just say, yes, I outsource this to this place. And it's an indirect thing. I think that by not doing it, you're not going to have this, um, very simple cause and effect, but I have seen businesses and people do that where they just, you can tell that they're completely in it for themselves and they don't care about other people. And it doesn't take long for that to collapse. And fall apart and then everybody around just their heads are spinning and wondering what happened and to me i can just i can always see that um you know they they grew too fast they didn't have their head in the right places and caring about the right priorities um and i hope that they you know the second time around just think about it a little bit differently and i'm, I'm not saying this maliciously I'm, not, I'm like not thinking of any one particular person in mind like ha, yeah that happen to them for that reason. I just mean on the whole and across the board. Um, that's genuinely or generally, um, what I see is I, I think that there's a lack of heart. People are going to be like, they're going to get done with this episode and be like, okay, so Cody's a little bit of a bleeding heart is what I've gathered here. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but only in some cases because, um, Jake's also the giver. It's a, it's a strange dynamic. Um, I'll crack them when I have to, but I, I, I have high empathy. Um, but a, a generally lower willingness to help people um, when it comes to spending time with them to help them come up with their own solutions I give them the benefit of the doubt but I expect them to figure it out themselves
0: Cody uh, you are um, you you say this all the time like someone says like oh like my dad died and you're just like it sucks <laughs> uh, can't help you with that but it sucks yeah <laughs> Where, like me, someone says my dad died. And like, um, how do I explain this? I have very high empathy and certain... I have high... What is it? Like sympathy is like you haven't specifically gone through that. But empathy is like you have gone through that. And you empathize with somebody. I think
1: empathy... Is that the opposite? I think empathy is the other one. Where I get them switched around. Thing. I get switched around.
0: Here, let's look it up right
1: now. Uh, right. Empathy
0: definition. Let's just see what this says. The ability to understand and share the feelings of another... Okay. That doesn't help versus sympathy. What's sympathy? Okay. So empathy is shown in how much compassion and understanding we can give to another. Sympathy is more of a feeling of pity on another. Okay. So, okay. So I think I'm right. Empathy is like, you can understand because like you, I, the way that I, maybe you haven't gone through this, but you had, you have the ability to understand sympathy is like, Oh wow, that sucks. Like I, I think I, I have like a lot of empathy for things that I have gone through myself. Um, but I I have almost zero sympathy for like things I haven't gone through because uh-huh. it's like or like I, I don't have any I don't, I don't have any understanding. I don't know if it's like the autism in me, but like I like someone says my dad died. And I'm like, damn, man it sucks. I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah, anyway, so and then like I'll continue on the conversation because I just don't understand. I don't understand the feeling they're going through and it's hard for me to put myself in that position. But uh, I'm very empathetic to character traits and flaws and people that I see in myself. So when people are um, not getting things done or everything is chaotic and like they, they're they not organized or, you know, maybe they say things in public they shouldn't say. Like I empathize with that because that was basically me all through middle and high school and even into well into my adult life. Maybe, like, some people are more of an extreme, but I still see myself in that way sometimes. And then, like, I have really high empathy. But I also have very high accommodation, which is my downfall, which is I say yes to everything. And I also try to make sure everyone is happy. Yeah, I I'm like, why do you do that, man? Why you got to? I had to reel back for a while. Yeah. But also, if I wasn't that way, the podcast wouldn't grow because I, I just, I'm always in my DMs. I'm
1: always helping people out as much as I can. And uh I know, I see how much you write. I'm like, how'd you do that? I'm like I thought I gave a long I've been giving some long responses actually. People have sent some in, like, hey, there's paragraphs there. Can we talk about how like people the, the two people now
0: have have mentioned Cody for president and just said Jake can come to
1: or like yeah, Jake I for didn't, vice president I didn't what like it? It. I was like, Don't hurt him like that guys. <laughs> Don't hurt him. I was laying in bed when I got that. I read that to Lauren. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I, don't like I was what? I saw, I was like, oh no. Here's but here's no. why you,
0: Oh no, you thought that too. Like you
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, don't do it to him. So here's here's my
0: thought process though, and this is why I'm justifying it. I feel like more of people don't like me as much because they can relate to me. And they're like, oh, this is just like another one of us, you know. But they see – they hear you talk and the way that you analyze problems. And they're like, Cody's a robot. He should run the country. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the first the first half, I'm a robot. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and they're like – but it's just like he doesn't have emotions. He's so logical about everything. Jake's always on his period. Like,
1: <laughs> Well – I hope they all know that I don't want to do any. I, I just want to disappear. That's the goal. So that's exactly
0: what someone who should run the country should say. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: I always thought that though, about like, you know, some people's dads where you're just like, yeah, that guy, you know, he's just a guy, but he seems like a reasonable guy. I'm I'm not a reasonable guy. Um, I can there, I have moments where I just go too far with things. Um, Right. It's, you said the extrapolating. I extrapolate too far and I think that's a bad character trait. So I don't want to. Um, Wait, what did I say about extrapolating? Like we, we both extrapolate. It's a oh, good yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we extrapolate in the case of the business where we can project things in a fair and accurate way. We um, said that at the end of the last episode. Oh, we did. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, we, yeah we recorded I, the, this one and the last one in the same session. So things are kind of bleeding together.
1: Yeah. I think I can I I can see myself doing that. It's a uh, granted I do it in a robot way though, you know, where you just like you're sitting there analyzing your emotions and you're like, I feel this and I can't make myself not feel it because it is my feelings, but I can't rationalize my feelings. I don't relate to that. <laughs> I say
0: I feel this and it sucks and I don't know I, I don't want to even say I don't know why I feel this way. I'm just like this sucks, life sucks <laughs> And then like like I don't know. Lauren will she'll make I don't know I can't even think of an e- example she'll touch my shoulder wrong and be like this is why I'm mad touch my shoulder <laughs> wrong <laughs> it is so reactionary uh, but I also have really bad ADD and speaking to that uh, what are you doing for the uh, can I say the word What are you, are you
1: doing anything for the big game you go into the uh the fiance's sports I heard it. Uh, I heard someone say, I thought this was funny. They called it the great plate uh, because oh, it's the, the words and then they're changed. You can't just say big bowl, like the really big bowl. Yeah, I guess you could, but I thought it was funny that they changed. I think we're not advertising. Plate. This
0: isn't an advertisement. This is just us talking. So the Super Bowl. uh, what are you doing?
1: Are you doing something for that? I am. I don't remember. I think we're doing something, but I don't remember. What are you doing? Uh,
0: I am going to my brother-in-law's mother's house. My mother-in-law. Okay. So let me break this out to you, because every time you say brother-in-law, and that it can mean a ton of different things. It's my yeah. sister's husband. Uh-huh. His mom. You got so good there. food? There's always great food. It oh my god, there's nice. so there's so much food there. Uh well I assume there's gonna be some good food there for sure. But I'll be Lauren and I'll be the only Chiefs fans
1: there. So, I don't but- know what I am. I mean, that makes sense for you to be that. I think I'm supposed to be Chiefs because I have family of sorts in Kansas City, I guess. Uh huh. You should be a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have any like listeners like,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> you listen here. We were at the dog park We were at the dog park the other day and some guy comes up to me to us to pet the dogs because our dogs have um Chiefs bandanas on right now. Oh. He's like, Oh my god, I love your dogs, they're so cute. And he goes, I'm rooting for the Chiefs too. He's like, Well, I'm rooting for Taylor Swift. And uh because she's all hot news now, but I thought that was yeah. funny. Like even if you're not into football and you're just into Taylor Swift, like that's who you're rooting for. But Yeah. No, for the listener, I'm from like I'm not from, but I the first big city I moved to from my my town in Iowa that I grew up in was Kansas City. So uh I was by default a Chiefs fan. I'm in Minneapolis now, so I'm supposed to be a Vikings fan, but I'm just not I just couldn't I couldn't detract from the should Couldn't do it. No, so... Yeah, I get that. But my family uh, are 49ers fans, and I was a 49ers fan growing up uh, because there, we have no allegiance in Iowa, so my entire family is rooting for the 49ers, and then I am rooting for the Chiefs, but it's... Do you have any professional
1: sports in Iowa? Do we have any no. professional sports teams? Um, cow tipping? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Back in,
0: uh, like, 2010... We had a professional paintball team, oh, okay. which doesn't really count as a professional sport. If any of my paintball teammates listen to this, they're going to be irate. But <laughs> uh, yeah, we had, um, well, plus they were called Omaha Vicious. So they're actually a Nebraska team, but they practiced in Iowa. So, well, that's just misleading. Yeah, we do have the Iowa Cubs, which is like a semi pro feeder baseball team. Yeah, this though, right? Not the pro. Chicago team. Yeah, there there is no pro that I'm a. Well, uh, I think we do have a pro arena football team called the Iowa Barnstormers.
1: Interesting, but that's. I wonder. We should have pro curling. I think curling is cool. <laughs> Would you do curling? Uh no. You wouldn't do it just for funsies.
0: No, because that's like bags.
1: You know, like I
0: play oh, bags when hey. I'm drinking, but yeah. like I would never <laughs> want to be a professional bags player. It's just not like that doesn't sound fun. Or darts, you know? I'm not saying like, pro, just would you do it? Would you play? probably. I mean it's it's is just like play, it's you play it's,
1: curling? Do you do curling? I don't
0: know what you do. I don't know what you do but it's just like uh what it's life size shuffleboard? Yeah. I yeah, I mean I would shuffleboard's way fun. It's more fun with yeah. beer, but uh yeah, I would do that. hmm I'd do it. I don't know. Yeah, otherwise Iowa doesn't have um, any professional sports. Nope. Well, well, everybody, <laughs> thanks for listening. If you made it this far, awesome. But uh, anyways, I guess we'll see you in the next one.
1: See you.